0: Radio New Zealand drama producer Jason Thekare joins me from the Auckland studio to talk about the concept behind
1: skin writing.
0: We've just heard um, Niwa and Matt and Aroha Mai, Aroha Atu. Now, this was the first series of writing. Let's go to the genesis, really, of how it all began. Um, Well, when I first started
1: uh, as a producer for Radio New Zealand uh, in the drama department, um, we had a little bit of an issue in attracting Māori and Pacific Island writers to write um, um, radio drama or audio drama. Um, it's not that there's a lack of uh, Maori and Pacific writers out there. I think it was just the medium that kind of made them worry a little bit without the pictures and without you know the visuals. I think, um, and I guess as well with uh, the newer generation not not being used to um, hearing or um, having drama come through the, the, your ears only, um, they were just a little bit hesitant. And so, um Adam McCauley, the head of uh, the drama department, came to me, and he 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 came up with this idea that I should put something forward that 's a serial that would attract people to to write for us, and we played with all sorts of ideas i mean i I remember at one point we were discussing having a drama set in a cab, so it was you know we'd be driving around the city. Mm and you'd hear stories of people getting into the taxi and, and then a little bit about their lives and go a little bit off on a tangent. You know, uh, the beauty of radio is you can go anywhere where your imagination can go. So we can spend some time in the cab, but then go off and hear about a story that the person in the taxi is, say, is telling the, the cab driver about. It was an okay idea, but then I was just... Um, I can't remember exactly what sparked... The Tamoko and Tattoo Studio idea for me. I do remember that when the idea dropped, I just knew I had nailed it. I went, This idea is perfect.
0: Kia ora, kou
1: I'm a tattooist here at the underworld. The lines between the past and the present meet every day. The central characters in uh, skin writing are all based on the main characters in the origins of Taamoko myth, um, uh, Mataora and Niwareka. So, when I originally came up with the concept of skin writing, uh, the, the, the situation w- worked having it in a Taamoko and tattoo studio, but then the question came of. What characters should be in there So I went back And looked at the origin myth And I As part of my research If I was going to do this story about Tāmako I thought I need to understand the history of it Especially from a Māori perspective So I went back to the uh, Mataora and Niwareka myth And the way uh, It was brought from the underworld To Te Aumarama uh, mm-hmm. And then gifted to to, 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 the, to humans, I went back to the, the, the original story, and it made sense as a Māori to use these characters in this new telling of the of the use of Tamul and so it also helped me um, name the studio because of course the studio in the original in the first uh, second and third series is called the Underworld. So of course, Little Hinger. Yeah, so it was yeah. perfect. Uh, all these, again, doing that research, mm. looking at the history, made me go, right, it should be Matt, short for Mata Ora. Yes. Niwa, short for Niwareka, and uh, Niwareka's father's too, in, in the myth, of course, was to push. So that's how I got the name Pushy. Part of what excited me about it was um, it had a particular sound with the tattoo gun, and even with the old, old school, um, old style of of tāmako, or, or tato even with mm, uh, tāma- the uhi and to, the chisel, yeah, yeah, that particular sound, and it just, it just key, it really keys itself to to radio or audio because you've got now got this um, key sound which will always key the audience in. It also meant because it was audio or radio, we didn't get tied up. In the specifics of what the tarmukal actually was, so what that design actually was, or where it hailed from, because it was in the audience's imagination, so we wouldn't get too tied up in the specifics. But it also, the growth in tarmukal and tattoo in particular was was um, such fertile ground for writers. I mean, at the time there was. Um, you know, Michael Franta had just gotten a tamako, Ben mm. Harper, Robbie Williams. Yes. And there was lots of kōrero about, you know, who should have it and who shouldn't have it. You know, is it tamako or is it just um, tattoo with uh, a Māori design? You know, there was lots of kōrero. And oh, something I found really interesting was p- it depended on whether people liked their music or not. <laughs>
0: oh, really? <laughs>
1: yeah, well, you know. So if somebody
0: didn't like the music of Robbie Williams.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, not many people did <laughs> so they were you know kind of against it because he was so popular and things whereas Michael Franti has, um, he does a lot of work around um, you know uh, about rights and, and um, indigenous rights and things like that so people were really you know were a lot more relaxed about him and the same with Pen, Ben Harper a lot of his music carries a kaupapa so again people were a lot more relaxed about him 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 getting one and then you know, and even recently, you know Rihanna when she was here, mm. got work done. So ju- there was just this big corridor on 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 the growth of Tāmoko and it, and its visibility because all of a sudden you saw it on the sports field, you saw it, you know, all over the place. You saw, wait, non maori yes. wearing it in the streets.
0: Sunny Bill Williams. <laughs> Sunny Bill Rock, Williams.
1: Yeah. yeah well, There's all this, and for me, it really. Captured a lot of the corridor happening uh, around uh, Māori
0: ownership. Jason, you set the scene, you set the scene skin writing, you had this concept of receiving and the giving of tāmoko, and so Briar Grace Smith, she wrote uh, Niwa and Matt Aroha Mai Aroha Atu for that scene. So that's what the writers do.
1: I know I I said that uh, it was about attracting new writers, but I wanted the first series to start off on the right foot. And so it made sense to get our the be, our better writers, um, Albert Bells and um, Briar Grace Smith, to start it off right. It also allowed uh, the newer writers who would come into into the later series to be able to listen to their work and see what was capable, you know, that like Briar did with Aroha Mai Aroha Atu, mm. Uh, it's about putting the question forward and putting it out there. It's not about standing there and preaching about this is the right thing or this is the wrong thing. It's about putting the tough questions out there and putting your characters in those tough situations and just see where they go
0: with it. So as you just mentioned before, a skin writing is really a platform for those new Māori writers. Can you tell us more about who you've had on board recently?
1: Um, We've had... Uh, a number of writers come through uh we had uh, Fiti heraka write um write some episodes uh media George jamie McCaskill uh James Nokise, uh, Rob Mukaraka. i'm just trying to think of who else uh we've had quite a few as I can uh, um as I say, yeah, uh, and yep. they they're not all new writers as well. they a lot of them are established, especially uh, within the realms of theatre. Um, but it's again, it's about attracting those writers to writing audio or radio drama.
0: And what about the screening? so you you oversee everything, Jason, as part of your role as a as a radio New Zealand producer, you oversee all the stories that come in and which ones eventually make it or you can workshop. Is that how um, the process works?
1: No, no. It's very much, I, I tend to approach the writers. Uh, oh. I do, I choose this, uh, I get them to give me a synopsis and I choose from there whether I think that that storyline has enough weight, has enough drama in it to then take it forward. Uh, I have had. I have had in the past times where I've said no to a piece uh, because I can already see that it has issues or there's not enough drama in it. And again, it's about that thing, about putting the question out there for the audience to solve as opposed to uh, you putting your answers out there and almost preaching to the audience and going, this is the way I think or this is wrong. It's about putting that qu- the question out there and allowing your audience to make up their, their own mind. That was way too harsh, Dad. What do you know, eh? What the hell do any of you know? And again, or have that argument, whatever that the, whatever the issue, yes. have that happen between characters, as opposed to all the characters all agreeing with each other, and you know, almost standing on a soapbox and having their putting their point of view forward.
0: So, um, Jason, can we cast your mind? <laughs> Sorry, this may be slightly difficult. Um, six years ago, two thousand eight, Niwa and Met, um, as I mentioned before, were. Have played that. That's in the first series of Skinwriting and Aroha Mai Aroha Atu. Tongarua Emil uh, is the character of Matt. Yeah. Um, what is it like working with that calibre of um, actors who are very much, you know, on our scope in terms of you know the Māori acting community? What is it? What's that like? I'm
1: very lucky in that uh, I'm very good friends with Tongarua. Uh, we've been good friends and competitors in the past actually before um before I started producing I was an actor and it was always quite hard whenever you would go for a film role because you'd be opposite Tongaroa and you'd both be going for the same role. And then and then eventually I got cast with him in a play called um run by ATC's second unit called Play Two. And I tried as much as I can to keep hating him because we were always going for the same roles, but we became very good mates very quickly. And mm. to be able to work with someone with that amount of experience and knowledge and instinct, Tangaro has a lot of instinct, and he just, he really clicks into that. And I learned a lot from him, being able to work with him and also being able to direct him. Uh, he he is a really instinctual actor, so he will follow his instinct, and he's really in the moment, and he will really follow through with whatever his character's feeling. He's also uh, an incredible, uh, incredibly caring actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, and especially when it comes to uh, Kopapa Māori, uh, Manakitanga. He, we recorded actually a lot of that first series in Tōngoro's house in Pakakariki when he was living there. And every day, we the crew and the other actors, would all arrive. Some of us, some of them lived in Paikakariki, but most were in Wellington. So we'd all arrive at his house all together. And Tōngoro would have breakfast laid out for us and lunch ready to go for later in the day. And you know, it was that real, that real Māori, you know, manaki. You know, really, really hosted us whenever we were at his house. And um, it was it was lovely. And mm. and and he really has that. Those Māori, that Māori kaupapa at heart, Mm. Um, and you know, and we had other, we had Jim Moriarty as well, play Pushy, the the father, and again Jim's experience and knowledge, especially when it comes to the medium of radio, is huge. I mean, he's he's a he's a tuakana for a a lot of us Māori in the acting world. Um, He's a rangatira, really. Don't think I ever forgot you so I didn't. Never forgot Violet either. And um, he, he's amazing to work with. You just you just let Jim go. He he knows what he's doing and you really saw people like Tangaro, who whose background really is more in film and, and, and the stage, really learn from from the calibre of and the experience of Jim. Where you, you just see the way he does things for radio, and he and the way he puts even within the silences, um, it just has a presence really, and so um, it was lovely to work with Jim as well. Um, working with someone of of of, of that caliber and, and and experience and history, I mean, I, I looked up to Jim growing up. Mm. Uh, it was a little bit nerve wracking, really, <laughs> as, a, as a as a young radio producer and director but um it really working with them really taught me to really back my instincts, and that's something i I learned from working with a lot of the tuakana um in our industry is they love they like- la- really love working with the new directors they they like to see our eye they like to see the way we see things they like to see the way we direct, and they're not af- they're not afraid to give you feedback on your direction as well yeah um, <laughs> and then, um, and then I also and then having Olivia Robinson on board as well uh was just a pleasure she's she's a lovely actress who has is a, really a real classy actress she has a real style and really holds herself uh in that style and um i went to uh Olivia was i think it was a year ahead of me when I was at toy Facati. And so to be able to work with a, a, a good friend like Olivia was, was just a pleasure. I mean, it's one of the lovely parts of my job is I get to work with all these people in this industry that I love.
0: So, Jason, skin writing is about, um, obviously, you're working with, um, you know, established writers, but also putting the feelers out or casting that net to attract um, new writers. What makes a good story? You know, what is that, you know, if you're going for a job and you kind of tailor your CV to match the position, what would people, would they need to think about, well, how would they make that story um, a good radio drama?
1: It's about imagination for me. I really like seeing where a writer's imagination goes. The way they see the world is almost just as important as the way they translate the way they see the world for for the audience. I always like a, a writer who excites me, who challenges me by taking things in a direction you never thought it would go or you never think it could go. The the basis of drama is conflict too. So writers who really put their characters in conflicting situations, really put them under pressure and um, allow them to then find their way out that is believable but also surprising it's it's a hard balance uh, but yeah it's always that lovely thing when you see a writer in a story put their character in such a tangle in such a situation that you wonder how they're going to get out of it and then they surprise you with the way they get out of it and it's not it can 't be too easy, too, because that 's always a letdown when the character 's all been tied up in all these knots and all these situations and you 're thinking how are they going to get out of it, and then all of a sudden it becomes too easy the way they get out of it they 've built up mm. such a, such a beautiful knot, such a beautiful tangle of drama it's got it can 't be too easy they 've really yeah. but if it really pushes the character beyond their boundaries in order to go to a place beyond themselves in order to solve whatever knot they've got themselves into. Now that's that's a great story to me. And that's it's a huge ask to do within fifteen minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Part of yeah. the reason I kept it so short was that thing for new for newer writers, just to get a taste of it, to to not have to try and full a full hour, which is what Radio New Zealand Drama was doing when I first started. Fortunately now, we, we, we're tailoring our drama a lot more to the length of people's stories as yes. opposed to trying to fill a, a time slot. So that's always more to the benefit of the story than it is for us as producers. It just yes. means we've just got to work a little bit harder.
0: You know, the sensitivities of you know you as Māori having to deal with um, the situation of tāmoko and receiving um, tatoo or tāmoko... Are there things in the script that you don't include because they seem to be a bit insensitive? At
1: times, yeah. Uh, again, it depends on whether the drama plays out. If if there's a payoff yeah. for that insensitivity. God, if the insensitivity yeah. is there for a reason, a dramatic reason in the script, and then it carries through to some kind of payoff or some kind of resolution then it's it's really important and it's clear clear that the writer has put that there for a reason so it's essential to the story so I don't feel so bad as a producer having that insensit- insensitivity or that that issue within the script when it's there's no payoff when there's an issue that's kind of almost slipped under the writer's radar or like I said there's no payoff there's no reason for it to be there then I tend to take it out or bring it up as an issue with the writer, because for me, it's about honing honing those things. And if it doesn't resolve itself, if it doesn't bring itself up as being an issue, then then it is offensive. Then there is no point for it to be in there. Really, it's just offensive. Yes. So there's got to be a reason for it.